Good Sunday morning, Iowa. It's Dr. Rick Godding, and thank you for spending some time with me here. This spring day, okay, it's not really feeling like much spring lately, is it? So I want to give a little doggy update. So those of you who have been listening for a very long time, you know most of the story of the dogs, but I thought I might actually go back and tell the whole story. So COVID hit. My girls had been asking for a dog for years and years. I mean, what kid doesn't want a dog, right? It's And my wife never had a dog when she was a kid because she lived in New Jersey. And I guess, I mean, I guess people have dogs in New Jersey, but anyway, <laughs> she didn't. And I had had some dogs growing up and uh, it was a huge, amazing part of my childhood. I actually watched one of my dogs get hit by a car accidentally on the way to the grocery store. We were walking and, and boy, that was terrible. That was my first like real trauma in my life. Nevertheless, I always was glad that I had had the dogs. So when COVID hit, lots of people like my family decided, we don't know how long this is going to last. We don't know what's going to go on. This is nuts. And I thought, you know, one thing that will really help the kids, mental health is dogs. And then, so I probably was pushing more towards getting two dogs. My wife was talking about one, but I kind of pushed for two. And the reason I pushed for two is because, and I I probably should have just listened to my wife and gotten one. But, well, my reasoning was each one could have their own dog and their own responsibility and all that. And at, by that time, my niece had killed all my chickens, which is another whole story. We had chickens and... uh uh, my niece was supposed to take care of them, and she's an excellent nurse, but not really the best chicken tender, and most of, most of them didn't make it through her care. <laughs> so anyway, but the dog's idea, I thought it would be good for them each to have their dog, and then they would each be responsible for their dog, and I don't know. You know, it was just, it was a stressful time, and people were making decisions under stress, and I was really concerned about my girl's mental health with all everything. So, you know, going through, you know, the masks and the lockdowns and all the nonsense. But, uh, so we decided to get some dogs, and I let my wife decide what dogs to get. And then, of course, she had decided on Vichelis. I kind of thought it'd be fun to get a, a lab or something like that, but I definitely wanted a hunting dog. And she said, Vichelis. I said, okay, good. We're going to do some pheasant hunting. Awesome. So I didn't argue with the Vichelis. Vichelis are, if you don't know, they they look like Weimaraners, but they're more of a, a reddish brown. And they're just gorgeous dogs. And so my wife talked to one breeder who said, don't get litter mates. And, uh, you know, I said, ah, whatever. <laughs> so... Anyway, so it was it was difficult to find Vichelas at that time, and we were looking everywhere. And so we found a place over in Nebraska, and we talked to them, and we loaded up the car and drove there. And the place where we got the dogs was not the cleanest place in the world, and it was kind of... My wife was just kind of looking at me and shaking her head, and I was like, yeah, no, we're getting these dogs. 
Like we drove all the way out here. So we get the dogs and uh, we're driving back to Des Moines. And my wife is like, I can see tears going down her face. And she's like, these are not the dogs. So, I, so we had to turn around. This is like 40 minutes we had been heading back. We turned around, we take those dogs back. I had to literally pry this dog out from my youngest daughter's arms, and she was so traumatized. She was crying. I was like, we're going to get another one. Don't worry, we're going to get another one. But she was just, oh, man. <laughs> so we kept looking, and then we we finally found a breeder that you know looked really reputable in, uh, up in South Dakota. So we drove six hours on a... Saturday morning up to South Dakota and met this woman. And the first thing that happened is she put chips in the dogs. And my wife said, all right, see, now this is what we're talking about. This is, you know, they, they put the, the, the tracking chips so that if someone finds a dog, they can, there's a mechanism that vets have to read, well, this is who owns that dog. And so my wife was very relieved by all that. And the girls got their dogs. And so the, the trauma was then over. And then... You know, the dogs are growing up. As they get to be four or five months, they really are at each other's throats a lot. And uh, my, my wife uh, reminded me that the one breeder said not to get litter mates. Every once in a while she reminded me of that. <laughs> so so then, then the dogs, they were old enough to hunt for the first time. I took them both out. No, I took the boy out first. And he did really well. There were several dogs there. There was four or five of us hunting pheasants. He did really well. He actually pointed perfectly at a couple of birds and flushed them. And we shot him, and it was fine. And he had a great day. And then I took the girl out, and she they they didn't retrieve. They weren't trained for that, but they were just kind of watching what was going on. But they were definitely into the flushing, and they. Seem to enjoy it. And the girl, I took her out, Juniper. It's Copper and Juniper are the, are the names. Copper's the boy, Juniper's the girl, named by my daughters. And the uh, first time I took the girl dog out, she was okay. She was had a pretty good time and, you know. So the second time I took them out, Copper, the boy, was kind of hiding between our legs a lot. And I thought... Well, he's just cold because it was snowy at this point. This is like November. It had been October when we went out the first time. And Juniper seemed to be pretty good. She was fine. And then we sent them off and got them a couple weeks of training at a real reputable trainer around here. Maybe it was three weeks. Then that was the only time I took them out that first year. Then the second year I took them out and I took them – with a friend of mine, I said, well, let's just go to a hunt club and it'll be a real controlled environment. And shot the gun and they both just took off. And they were just done with it. I found Copper hiding under the truck, just looking terrified. And I don't know. So, I mean, there's a place down in Missouri that I found that supposedly can fix gun-shy dogs, but we were we didn't really hunt this year at all. I didn't hunt this year at all. I had a lot going on. And then I came home the other night, and the dogs, or well, not the other night, a few weeks ago, and the dogs were wearing sweaters in the house. And 
so now my hunting dogs are wearing sweaters in the house and that's that's where they are today and i don't have any sense that i'm ever going to get them out hunting again and it's I'm kind of I'm really bummed because I I really enjoy pheasant hunting. I like going out with the dogs and going with your own dog has got to be so much more fun than uh, going with someone else's dogs. But that's that's kind of you know this weekend they they cut my head open. They uh, we have a kennel in our basement and if we leave for a long time we put them in the kennel. And I opened the kennel door, little latch, and it's a very light but it is metal. And they were they bolted out so fast that it smacked my head and I was laying there reading a book afterwards I felt my head and sure enough I was bleeding but that's that's our dog saga for now I now have these two beautiful but very soft now Juniper she's got a killer instinct and she oftentimes will very proudly bring a dead squirrel or a rabbit and drop it on the uh, floor in the middle of the living room and look up like she's done something really great. My wife doesn't like that when that happens too much. I'm, I don't love it either, but she likes it a lot less than I like it. But at least I can find some humor in it. She doesn't, she's not able to do that at all. So, uh, so yeah, so that's where we are with the dogs. And the dogs are, uh, I mean, the kids, honestly, I do believe, though, very strongly that and there's been a lot of studies. Uh, there's been a lot of studies done by psychologists that show that adults and children who have dogs have lower overall anxiety and have better mental health. And, uh, you know, I think back and look through everything that happened over the last few years, and I think, you know, I'm glad the, I'm glad the kids had the dogs because, you know, they sit there and, and get in bed and that dog cuddles up next to them and they are in the happiest place they could ever be in the whole world. And, uh, and they are sweet, loving dogs. So, so I am glad that I got them and I do agree totally that, that dogs, they make, I know, I know when I come home and and they're always excited to see you at this point. So my daughters who are now 12 and 14, they used to jump up (laughs) and scream daddy and run to the door when I would walk home and now real lucky if they look up from what they're doing and uh, say hello I'm just kidding it's not that bad but it's anybody who has daughters and has moved from now I don't know about sons I'm sure it's somewhat the same but my anybody who has daughters and has seen the transition from when you were uh, just like a superstar when you walked into the house to oh dad's home (laughs) but uh but anyway, the dogs continue to uh, be very, very excited every time you come, and that's why that's why we love our dogs in this uh, country. Anyway, so unfortunately, we've continued to have this uh, winter weather, and uh, hopefully, I keep hoping every snowstorm will be the last one. But hopefully, this will be the last one. Um, I. Uh, I'm really ready this year. I'm really ready to see some flowers and some green grass and, and that kind of stuff and get outside walking. And I I did try something the other day that I have recommended to my patients for a long time and have never... So when I have patients who are running addicts, I tell them, you know, do an elliptical machine. 
And I have tried an elliptical machine before, but the ones that I have tried are are the ones, typically the ones that I have tried have been the ones where the foot rest is suspended from a bar. And so you you got your hands on the hand grips and those are bars and then you have, but it just never felt, it just never felt good. I never really enjoyed it. And it never was something that I could even, I just would get on it and I said, man, that just, I'm not having a good time here. I, I know I'm getting exercise, but I'm not enjoying it at all. I don't like it. But I did one the other day at, at the gym. See, typically at the gym, I lift weights and then I do my cardio at home. And so it just happened that I was doing it this time and it was different. It's, I'll have to get the name of the, of the machine, but uh, it looked like a pre-core. And I'll have to get the exact name. Precore is a brand. And uh, man, I got on that thing and I just got this really great workout. I mean, I only did a few minutes because I was done with my weightlifting. I said, well, let's just try it. But I would definitely say that uh, if you can find a gym with a good elliptical machine, if you have, if you're someone who's in their 50s or 60s and has been sort of a runner throughout your life and you're wishing you could have that back, but you're, not able to run because of a knee, either a knee that's arthritic or a knee that's been replaced, would highly suggest going to a gym and, and getting in a, an elliptical machine. Uh, really, this one really, I was just blown away how comfortable it was and how easily I was able to get that workout. Now, and I've had knee issues myself that I've talked about. And so my knee issues have precluded me from jogging. And so, of course, I'm a little bit bigger of a guy. I mean, I work out a lot, but I still carry a fair amount of weight. But not not fat, but it depends on whose chart you're looking at. <laughs> but uh, certainly not running frame. I definitely don't have a running frame. So running's always been something that I've tried to do very sparingly. And so I, I started doing some high-intensity short runs, like 20-minute runs at high-intensity intervals. And that really helped me take some weight off, but my knees just got really bad. So then I was using the ActiPatch, which I've talked about on the show, uh, the radio frequency transmitter that somehow makes your knee feel better. And that worked out well, but I said, well, what I don't want to do is continue to do the thing that's damaging the knee and then just get treatment for that. I don't think that's a good recipe is continuing to do something that's hurting your knee and then just getting treatment to cover that up. So I decided I would buy a stationary bike and I started doing these things called Tabatas where you do a very intense, you basically do 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off and you do cycles of that and you get a very good workout. But I like mountain biking, but I don't love being on the stationary bike so much. So, so I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to buy one of these machines. They're super expensive. I don't have room for it and all that. But uh, I'm glad that my gym has one, and I think I'm going to have to start going to the gym to get my cardio a little bit more often. But I would say that now that when I do recommend to my patients an elliptical trainer, I'm going to 
recommend one that has the where the foot plates are not suspended because those ones I find them personally kind of difficult to uh to do and you have to kind of look at them and and you'll see what I'm talking about it's not that they're suspended but they're just well some of them are suspended somewhat but they're these ones come out of sort of a mechanism that is just more solid I think the ones I think this if you can move it without turning the machine on I think to me those are very uncomfortable and difficult to deal with and if you if it's very very solid under your feet and you have to turn the machine on in order to get your feet moving I think those are much better so if you have tried an elliptical in the past and you didn't like it or you're a little worried about the stability of it maybe look around for another gym and see if you can find one that works out well stationary bike is good too and even a recumbent stationary bike but you do need to keep your knees moving to get exercise and uh you don't want to be jogging if you have any arthritic knees and really if you're over 50 if you're really skinny, it's okay to jog, but even really skinny people bang their knees up after a while. I think the older you get, the less you should jog. I know that there's a lot of long distance, you know, a lot of 60-year-old marathoners who would disagree with me, but that, you know, just because some people can get away with it doesn't mean that it's good generally. Most people, especially if you're trying to lose weight, you don't want to be jogging. Walking is fine. Elliptical trainer is fine. The... Uh, a stationary bike, either recumbent or regular sitting stationary bike. All these things can help you lose weight, get that heart rate up. The other thing is, if you're going to lose weight, don't forget to use, to try to get some strength training in because it really makes a big difference. The more lean muscle mass you have, the more calories you burn, the better you process sugar, all that stuff. So hopefully people are all thinking about how to get healthier. Uh, spring, if anything, should should uh, see the earth renewing itself and the birds returning and the flowers blooming. It hopefully gives you some inspiration to get out there and get healthy and both physically and mentally get you know out in the sunshine, see the world blooming, and, uh, and take some walks. So with that, you have a blessed week, Iowa. <laughs>